tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. My prayer today is these words will speak to you where you live and create lasting change. Hey friends, have a few thoughts today about clarity. Was thinking about this statement. Uh, I've heard it before. It's as clear as mud. It's kind of an oxymoron there, if we could say, where things should be clear They sound clear, but there's really no understanding. And I feel like we're in an age today where things have really entered uh, beyond just the, uh, the, the difficult understanding stage into just backwards thinking. So I'd like us to think today in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, some verses that would help us understand as Christians, we really need a clear message. You know, with secularism just really being manifested like never before, there's a lot of changing of definitions of words uh, that in one time was a certain context, and today they're a very different context. So when we think about our cancel culture uh, making people irrelevant by freezing them in the past of something they did or said, taking it out of context or reapplying a new context... Maybe something was said in the past and now it's reapplied in the present day context and it's very different or it's been changed from its original meaning. So this cancel culture, uh, we're really starting to see uh, people, uh, you know, literally having an assassination of character based on things done in their past. Thank God in the Christian realm and in the biblical worldview and God's heart, for that matter, there is forgiveness. In Isaiah 118, uh, there was once guilt, but today we are free and today we are clean through the words that he has spoken in John 15:3. Now, certainly we want to hold people accountable. Certainly we want to, and this is the beauty of repentance, want to have people have their minds changed, their hearts changed, their directions changed. And so God does not hold people hostage based on their sin, but true forgiveness means true change and uh, a true freedom. In our culture today, it's dangerous, and I think as we see uh, the rapture nearing, we're going to see more and more of, of, of a message that, that can be twisted And uh, the secularists and uh, the liberalists, these are people that are out to kill, rob, and destroy. But God's message, I mean, even if you see Jesus throughout the Gospels, words were tried to be changed by the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, and there was an attempt to catch him, to twist him, to freeze him based on the law of Caesar at that time. I mean, you look in our society today and just the twisting and the freezing of people in their past uh, and throwing it back in their face in the future can really be something that can cause people to be to be intimidated, to not speak out, to be silenced uh, because of fear. Well, in the Bible, <clears throat> we want to say that we uh, should speak Uh, from the love and truth of God with boldness and not be afraid of what man could do unto us. So when we're thinking about this this theme today, having a clear message, excuse me, think about 
think about what Paul says here. He says this in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 7, And even if this... And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give distinction in the sound, how shall it be known what is piped or what is harped? For if the trumpet, trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air." There are, it may be so, many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significance or signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Now, in context, this is talking about tongues being a national language, and used in Acts chapter 2 to present the gospel to the unsaved. Uh, and that's a good point to say tongues were never meant to be used in the church. Uh, it's, they were meant to be demonstrated for the lost to hear the gospel in their language in Isaiah 28, 11. That's not my point today. My point is this, in 14, 8 of Corinthians, it says, without a certain sound, without a certain distinction, people will not be... Uh, moved into battle. There'll be confusion in 1 Corinthians 14, 40. So we want to make sure our message is clear. Our emphasis is an emphasis of love. But the love must be saturated in truth. You know, I was thinking recently about hypocrisy. And hypocrisy is empathy with a private agenda. If we could say that really people have a empathy, but it's not based in truth, but there's a hidden agenda a, a, a pretense to uh, manipulate those that are around them. And we need real wisdom today uh, because the world is trying to vilify people to, you know, so that their agenda can stand, so that they can do the mud slinging. And so there's really not a clear, clear sound, or there's the gray obscurity that uh, is often seen. Well, don't you love the Bible? The Bible is clear. The Bible is uh, relevant. The Bible is truth, regardless of who uh, believes it or not. In Romans 3.3, 3, it says, even if we do not believe, it still stands true. And we can do nothing against the truth, only for the truth. So as believers, our fight is not with flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual battle. And Christ says he's overcome the world because uh, he's the one that is the ultimate overcomer. So when you think about situational ethics today, and, and as a believer, our message is not to uh, assassinate people's character, but it's really to love them where they are. It's designed to speak the truth in love. It's designed to have a clear message that cuts through all the confusion. And in boldness, we can say, Lord, you know, the, the outcome is yours, but I'm going to be faithful to communicate the truth of God in this cancel culture. Now, think about situational ethics for a minute, and I think we see this on many levels today as people talk out of both sides of their mouth. Uh, situational ethics is the ethic or the truth of something based on the circumstance. So what was true yesterday may not be true today, or 
we can say this, uh, someone's truth doesn't have to necessarily be, be my truth. That's relativism. And how convenient that is. Uh, no accountability, no real responsibility, and blaming can be uh, happening all the time. So as believers, again, what is Paul saying? He says, even the music has a distinction. We know what a trumpet is. We know what a drum is. We know what a, a clarinet is. We know what a piano is. We There's a distinction, uh, just like there's a distinction between a male and a female. And the absurdity today to think there isn't, uh, and the... Uh, the blurring of the lines is an outright blatant absurdity. Paul is saying, listen, we have a message that, uh, because in Isaiah 118, our eye is focused, therefore there's clarity. There's clarity. Our eye is focused, therefore there's clarity. So the devil hates it when, when it's precise. He's very general. He loves to, to project generalities and and have a subjective feeling and mood govern our lives. But really, truth is something clear, crystal clear. <clears throat> I'm sure you've been, uh, I remember being in the Caribbean and, and looking into the water and being able to see my feet and everything else moving around, uh, you know, around my legs. And it was such a clear, beautiful water. And um, you can see uh, quite a while, you know, quite a distance uh, because of the clarity of of the water. Now, when there's clarity of mind, clarity of heart, First Peter 4, 1, stir up your pure, clean mind, then we're able to see what really is the reality. Because, uh, you know, hate speech, I really see this coming more and more that people will twist uh, these innocent words and frame them in context to, contexts that fit their cultural nuances. And uh, it'll be used as a weapon in the future. So hate speech, uh, these things that uh, we are going to face as leaders, uh, we must understand what's coming. And uh, to be wise as serpents in 1022 of Matthew but innocent as a dove. So we have to be careful in one sense how we say things. Um, we want to have it always in the approach and packaged in love and truth, but we must not back down and submit to this cancel culture or situational ethics. So how is it that we can keep our eyes focused uh, in these day and age? Well, as we read the Bible and the hermeneutical rule of interpretation of the Bible, we are uh, interpreting the Bible based on the heart of God. Uh, theology is so valuable. Uh, you, you know, the original language, the context, the historical frame of reference, uh, isagogics, these things are critical tools. But ultimately, we are looking at the Bible from the heart and nature of God because his nature demonstrates his character. Who he is defines what he does. So when you look through Genesis through Revelations, you're going to see different expressions of who God is and what he does based on who he is. So when we're looking about our language, when we're talking about our message today, 
uh, the Christian can become very combative. And that's not what we're talking about today. The Christian's main objective in these days is to present a clear Christ, to demonstrate a finished work Christ. Now, if you look at Christ throughout the, the Gospels, he uh, was very, um, there was definitely some contrasts. And um, he did not do it to be a rebel, but because the kingdom of God is a direct opposite of the kingdom of the world, what he said and did, uh, did not seek the approval of the world. And I think this is where Christians can get in trouble, uh, is to seek the approval of the world, to be somehow um, liked by the world. Uh, we read throughout the New Testament over and over that the world will hate us. The world will hate us. So don't try to be a friend of the world uh, because that is futile. That will one day backfire on you. I mean, I read these letters written by certain celebrities um, in the Christian world, uh, Christian groups writing and and encouraging other Christians to be compliant and um, and to somehow... Uh, you know, yes, we pray for our leaders, absolutely, but we do not condone their wicked agendas. And um, so what is what is the purpose of the Christian in these last days? Well, it's to uh, definitely not live in hypocrisy, as Paul said, have a love without hypocrisy or have an unfeigned love, have, a, have an agape love, a love that is saturated in truth, which means we sit with a person, we listen to the person, we don't judge the person, but also we're not going to condone or coddle or enable someone to live in sin. We're going to point them to the glorious gospel, uh, help them with accountability, and, and strengthen them in the promises of God and who they are in the image of Christ. We're not going to just sit there and, and stroke the beast and say, oh, that's, you know, you're such a good person, when actually in Isaiah 64, 6, we are all wicked, and the whole world lies in wickedness. So our clear message today, our emphasis is, yes, it's Jesus and him crucified. Yes, it's salvation by grace through faith. Yes, it's uh, I love you, but love doesn't leave us where it finds us. Uh, the salvation and truth of the Holy Spirit moving and transforming our heart. These are key things. So as our eyes are focused, so our heart will be focused. We'll see exactly what he is doing and, gr and grasp the immensity of the way of life as a Christian in Isaiah 118. So important, so important to not have a double standard, not to speak one thing and do another. Uh, it's so important not to... Uh, be you know have the a double standard in this sense where things are being said but another meaning is is believed that's that's so rampant today where, where evil is called good and good is called evil again we have to be so careful as christians not to enter into the mudslinging to vilify people uh to objectify people where uh literally you know you see uh, different people, women, for instance, they are standing up for the the uh, innocence and beauty of women, and then they go live like a harlot. It's like they're objectifying themselves. It's like we have to say what we mean and mean what we say and actually follow through with what we say 
so that the world sees a contrast, so the world sees a clear uh, image of what Christ has died and resurrected to to give. Well, I love this in 1 Corinthians 14 because imagine going to battle and not knowing the right call to action. I mean, that would be ridiculous, you know. You know, the, for instance, the trumpeter is giving the call for advancement and, and we say, oh, it's time to retreat. Imagine the confusion that's going to happen. That, that's happening now where churches are closed uh, with this idea of swallowing the, this fear. And uh, I love to see, you know, what, what's being, you know, turned over in California, uh, how the, um, the churches are now able to, to, uh, to meet and uh, to a certain capacity. But listen, if I'm a believer and my church is closed, I would be calling my pastor every day and saying, listen, this is not right. This is a time to be open. I, I remember talking with a brother and he says he can only go to church once every six weeks. And I said, why? He says, well, the first letter of my last name rotates me to only go to church uh, every six weeks because of the size of our church. And I said, listen, I said, I said, thank God you can go to church once every six weeks, but that's still not right. We need the Bible. We need the body. We need, we need to be uh, in a gracious but intentional way, uh, be exacting from our leaders saying, listen, we need to meet. We don't want to conform ourselves to the world or comply to ungodly standards where you can't sing or um, uh, in your church or, or, or meet together. Like, you know, this country was based on people pushing back and standing up. But again, I, I say this very carefully. We, we are not promoting our own agenda. We are defending the rights of a believer. We're defending the rights of the gospel. We're defending the rights of freedom. Uh, not because we're, uh, you know, aligned with a certain party. That's not the issue here. The issue is, what is our religious right? And, and this is what we defend as believers. So Paul is saying, speak with distinction. Have a clear message. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Don't vacillate. And uh, don't enter into hypocrisy with a hidden agenda. Like, you know, they're, they're saying all the nice words, but Proverbs says they're, but they have a sword. They have a sword. They're, they're saying everything you want to hear, but they have a sword to, to knife you as soon as you're not paying attention. This is really where we are today. But the grace, gracious words in Colossians 4, 6 are seasoned with salt, which means again, uh, they're not all pretty words, or we're not all pretty boys. But there is a there's teeth, there's a, there's a recourse, there's um, there's a uh, there's an edge to our lives, and this is why uh, it's so important to be precise, because the devil is super general, so that we can come to our own conclusions and our personal interpretations. But precise truth, it's clear. Uh, it's, it's, you know, exactly where it stands. You know, you see Jesus over and over, uh, when he went into the, into the, uh, into his house, the temple, and it was a place of market and selling and, and, uh, Jesus didn't stand there trying to negotiate with people. He didn't stand there saying, oh, I understand you got to make a living. Or he didn't just stand there saying, oh, you know, we'll just come back in three weeks and let's give them, you know, let's give them time to do what they're going to do. Um, 
No, he went in there and he flipped the tables and he made a whip and he was he was thrashing people. And, you know, people have sometimes have trouble with that. Like, oh, where's the mercy? Where's the grace? Where's the uh, love, Jesus? You know, what happened? Were you were in a bad mood that day. No, he says, my house is to be a house of prayer. He walked in and there was another spirit. There was another kingdom operating in a place where, um, where, where, the, where the kingdom of God should have been operating. You know, leaders compromised and or didn't, uh, didn't have a clear message. And so people man- were manipulating their way. And this is what happens when we don't have a clear message, by the way. We get manipulated. We get uh, misunderstood, which is inevitable. Um, and by the way, we just need to stand firm on the truth, by the way. The truth will defend. The truth will be what turns people's hearts. Uh, not my charisma, not my personality, not my ranting and raving, but the truth. The question I have to ask you today is, do you have a clear uh, truth being projected in your heart and in your language today? Is is your life, is there evidence showing that uh that that what you stand for, you don't stand for yourself or I don't stand for myself, but I stand for truth. Is there a clear evidence of that? And, and this is what we want to uh, guard. And this is what we want to graciously um, say again is uh, say the truth, live the truth, uh, demonstrate the truth, uh, act and decide based on the truth. And in your and my life will be one of precise testimonies, precise testimonies. So just as I close today, uh, maybe that's a simple, simple um, call to action today is start where you are. Just start where you are and have this attitude of my life is going to reflect the truth. You know, um, there's an acronym called SMART and I'd like to uh, just leave that with you today. Um, Sometimes with new decisions and new places. Uh, this acronym helps me. The word uh, SMART, the S starts for, uh, or actually is the phrase, start where you are. So when you see the word SMART, the the first word st- or the first letter starts with <laughs> start where you are. Just start today. You know, so many people say, I don't read my Bible enough. I don't pray enough. I don't evangelize enough. Just start where you are. Just take a moment Say, this is, okay, God, this is your moment. Uh, Okay, Lord, I want my sentence to come from your presence at this moment. Start where you are. And that's really uh, a great place to think about, a great thing to think about, because when we start where we are, we're seizing the moment and redeeming the time. You know, this is where procrastinators have a lot of trouble. They have trouble starting. They think about what needs to be done, step four and five, but we need to start where we are just today right now uh start just okay lord this moment i'm going to give it to you the second word is m or the second letter is m and it means make an effort make an effort and what that means is okay uh you know it's hard to get the ball rolling but we're going to start and make an effort i'm going to take a step in the direction that is the right direction and don't you love that? When you move, God is already there uh, moving and working. Uh, the next letter is A, to act intentionally. 
And this is where the clear message is. We want to act intentionally. You know, when people are saying things and doing things and sounding like the world, the church sounds like the world. Believers sound like the world. We can, we can act intentionally and say, hey, wait a minute. What do you mean by that? The Bible says this. Jesus, in context, in truth, says this. And to act intentionally in love, but to not let things go by in silent consent. Uh, or nodding and saying, yeah, you're right, we, we're in this all together and, and have the party line be our line. No, no, we act intentionally and even in a small way, uh, we, we represent and present and act in truth. R means remember the promise. Remember the promise that God has given to you in relationships or in uh, the vision that you're walking in or the 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 hope that is within you. Remember the promises in 1 Kings 8.56, what God promises never falls. So, uh, and then lastly, T, uh, things take time. Remember that as you look at your perspective and as uh, as you work on things, there's never the instant impact. Anything that's worth anything takes time. So this acronym SMART, to start where you are, to make an effort, to act intentionally, remember the promise, and and ultimately things take time. So keep working on it, keep praying, keep ministering, keep sowing, keep loving, and uh, keep refreshed in your spirit. These are days to Acts three nineteen to be refreshed in the presence of God, uh, so that we don't enter into um, a, a a combative way. I mean, remember Daniel. It's so interesting when Daniel. Uh, you know, the king of Babylon tried to change his name, tried to change his food, tried to change his ways. And, and why? Because Daniel had a precise way about him. And God was using Daniel in a, in a mighty way. Don't, don't let your name get changed. Don't let your language get changed. Don't let your, your ministry get changed. Um, but purpose in your heart in Daniel 1.8 to honor God and to speak uh, really from the presence of God. So today, be encouraged, have a certain sound, have a distinction about you. There's excellence and truth. There's excellence and truth. And when you hear situational ethics, when you hear the cancel culture, when you hear the hypocrisy, pray and speak, pray and act, pray and come back with a word that represents the heart of God and be precise, be loving and let your life demonstrate everything that you say by the grace of God. God bless you. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.